September 20th, 2022, VMLYNR for Zeljans. Add ID PFXE012100. Spot title 60 Mornings Are Made for Better Things. 60 Second Radio, Full Mix. Mornings were made for better things than rheumatoid arthritis or RA. Zeljans tofacitinib is a pill for adults with moderate to severe RA when tumor necrosis factor blockers did not work well or could not be tolerated. Zeljans can help relieve joint pain, swelling, and help stop further joint damage. Zeljans can lower your ability to fight infections. Don't start if you have one. Before and during treatment, your doctor should check for infections like TB and do blood tests. Serious, sometimes fatal infections, cancers including lymphoma and lung, blood clots, serious heart-related events, tears in the stomach or intestines, and allergic reactions have happened. People 50 and older with heart disease risk factors have an increased risk of death. Tell your doctor if you've had hepatitis B or C, have flu-like symptoms, are prone to infections, or have ever had a heart attack, stroke, clot, or other heart problems, or swelling of lips, tongue, throat, or hives. Ask your doctor about prescription Zeljans. Visit Zeljans.com or call 1-844-ZELJANS. You wanted to see me, Miss Swinton? Have you been hearing about the new government modernization efforts? AI, RPAs, data science. Things are changing at this agency, and people will need new skills. Oh. I'd like you to get some training. Huh. Look at this management concepts catalog. Wow, over 275 courses. That's right, in local classrooms or instructor-led online classes. We still have budget in this fiscal year, so sign up online. Advance your career with courses from Management Concepts. Get a catalog at managementconcepts.com or call 833-578-8466. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. Thank you very much for joining me. Um, there are many cryptid creatures seen across the world, and when we think of them, we often think of the Loch Ness Monster, or Bigfoot, Sasquatch, Dogman and Werewolves, but there are many more strange creature reports that come in, and this is a report of a deer-headed man. It has stalked him his entire life. As a young man, Emilio and his parents spent most of their leisure hours out in the woodlands. They would hunt, hike, fish and enjoy what the woods had to offer. They visited many of America's national parks and mountain ranges and they also owned a family cabin located in Red River, New Mexico. It was on one of these visits that Emilio first encountered the creature that would reappear throughout his life. Emilio was at home in the outdoors. He knew all of the native animals and game. And on one visit with his family, around 6am in the morning, Emilio stayed back at the cabin while his parents went down to the lake to fish before breakfast. And he was around 11 at the time. He said while sitting at the table playing quietly with cars, he was playing a game of solitaire. Emilio heard footsteps approaching the cabin on the gravel driveway. Figuring it was his parents returning early, he got up to look out of the window and he saw, about 50 yards away, a tall deer-headed creature that was on two legs and it was walking towards the cabin. The deer head on this creature was a skull, complete with antlers and horns. The creature makes its way to the door and mimics Emilio's mother's voice asking and pleading to be let in. As Emilio ignored the voice, it got deeper and deeper and less like his mum's. He ignored the request to enter 
and eventually the creature moved back down the driveway. When his parents finally came back to the cabin, Emilio told them what he had seen and experienced that morning and they tried to explain it away as an ordinary creature eating a deer. Maybe Emilio had mistaken what he'd seen or he'd nodded off to sleep and dreamt the entire event. But Emilio knew that this was not what he had seen. He saw this thing with his own eyes. He had heard it hammering on the cabin door. He could hear its footsteps crunching on the gravel and its voice shook with his mother's voice. Frustrated with the answers he received and spooked by the incident, he decided it was best if he put the whole event behind him. Several years later, Emilio was hiking in the mountains of Montana on a seldom used trail on private land. He's out on one of his normal hikes and he's looking for deer sign when he suddenly realises the trail he is on has gone completely quiet. Now there is no sound of bird songs or insects, nothing but dead silence. As Emilio looks around confused, he suddenly feels watched. And as he looks through the tree line to see what is watching him, he sees the same deer-headed creature standing there in the trees observing him. Without conscious thought, he sets off down the trail. And although he doesn't see the creature, he does feel stalked for a long way along the track back to camp. Nighttime falls and Emilio sets up for bed. He's nervous and the deer-headed creature is on his mind. He falls asleep and dreams a very lucid dream. In the dream, the creature he saw had the legs of a deer, but just two of them. It has the body of a man and a deer skull for a head. It walks around the tent. He can hear its feet crunching on the leaves. He can hear it breathing. And suddenly, it forces its way into the tent and takes Emilio for his own. Waking up with a jolt, this event left Emilio scared and shaken. Morning could not come soon enough. He goes on to explain that he feels the creature followed him back from the woods. And in fact, he feels that he had stalked him throughout his life since that first event when he was 11. He does everything he can to put these events to the back of his mind and carry on with his life. In his early 20s, he was good friends with a young lady named Casey. They often spent the day and night together chatting and swapping stories. When they'd been friends for a long time, Emilio tells Casey about the deer-headed man and his interactions with him throughout his early childhood and teens. Casey knows he's being honest, as that is his nature, but naively thinks it's just a case of mistaken identity, as his parents had. Not wanting to scare her, he leaves the subject alone. He does not explain he feels this creature is attached to him in some way. He goes so far as to use the word possession. It is not something he can discuss with just anyone. And on the two occasions he tried to explain it to people close to him, they did not understand at all and explained the events away, leaving him frustrated and alone. One visit, when Emilio had stayed overnight, Casey was in bed and she could hear him snoring loudly. It was obvious Emilio was in a deep sleep. She herself was unsettled and she couldn't drift off to sleep. And as she lay there, she became aware of a sudden pressure on the bed 
as if a cat had jumped up onto the bed with her. Although she does not have a cat. Not seeing anything visible, she puts it down to being drowsy. Maybe she'd just dozed off and jolted awake and that was why she felt something was on the bed with her. Until it touched her leg. In fact, it started to scratch and grab at her legs. This terrified her, of course, and she spent the rest of the night awake and frightened. In the morning, she realises her legs are sore and bloodied and covered in deep scratch marks. She shows this to Emilio and he has no explanation for the event. He secretly wonders if this was the deer-headed man and it had followed him to Casey's house. Many weeks go by and there are no more unexplainable events until one night, as they both dozed off to sleep, Emilio is suddenly pulled from his body and taken high up to the ceiling. He's having an out-of-body experience that he cannot control and he can see the room and himself there on the bed and he can also see Casey. He can see he's convulsing and Casey is trying to wake him but he can do nothing from where he's positioned high above the room. He can also see what Casey cannot from his position. He knows he's being fed on. Something is taking his energy. He feels possessed and unable to do anything about it as he watches Casey frantically trying to wake him. Casey can see Emilio is having a fit. He's convulsing and she tries to desperately help him. Casey is suddenly aware that something is in the room with them. She turns back to look behind her and she sees the deer-headed man, human-shaped with a skull for a head. He is standing there watching them both from the corner of the room, feeding on their fear. She knows if she does not wake Emilio, the creature will hurt them both. And as she shakes Emilio and begs him to wake up, he suddenly comes to, and the deer-headed man is gone. Casey explains that she's seen the creature he described to her and that she knows it's real. She asks him what it is and why it's attached to him. But Emilio cannot answer that question. Questions he's asked himself so many times before. Sadly, Emilio feels he has to distance himself from people in order to keep them safe. He's still haunted by the events and no doubt struggles with everything he has had to endure. This is probably going to be an ongoing event in his life. Emilio is not alone. People are experiencing very similar events, creatures seen throughout their lifetimes, creatures that enter the home. Some hear them breathing close to the windows. Some hear their footsteps as if circling, waiting to be invited in. There are reports of paranormal teams who are out investigating when they suddenly hear breathing. Heavy, heavy, heavy breathing very close to them. One team in Nottingham in the UK was situated in a van doing a night investigation as a number of courting couples had reported strange paranormal events at night out on the lanes surrounded by the fields. The team began to hear a heavy breathing creature walking towards their van. They sit silently in horror as the breathing comes right up to the back doors. They have nothing to defend themselves with if the doors were pulled open. Whatever is out there is much taller than the van. In fact, it bends down to look in through the window and they see nothing. 
After a number of minutes that feels like hours to the men, the paranormal creature moves off from the van and walks off across the fields. They can hear its footsteps as it walks away and the breathing becomes less and less. A terrible event for anyone to endure. But against all odds, it happened again in the same area to one of the men two years later. This time, one of the team was at Althorpe Crossroads area and specifically the last field on the right at the end of the lane around about 12 o'clock midnight. A small herd of a dozen horses were gathered at the then metal-gated entrance to the large field. Curious heads overhanging the top of the gate. A tall, thick hedge separated their field and the one next to it. There was no gate... Leftovers. Or... The DMV. Number 97. Or... House cleaning. Or... Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Leftovers. Or. The DMV. Number 97. Or. House cleaning. Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. We're prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Get entrance on the empty field. Just an open wide gap. Entering the field, the gent walked by the side of a tall wide hedge, which separated it from the country lane on its left and towards the crossroads and the Fossway, which again was separated from the large field by another wide, tall hedge. Even in the moonlight, the man could hardly see the opposite end of the field he was standing in. He stood there quietly for a long time, and it was then he heard what he thought was a faint snuffling sound coming from the lane behind him. It's just a hedgehog or a stoat searching for its insects supper in the hedge bottom, no doubt, he thought. However, the sound continued to slowly increase in volume as whatever was making it was slowly approaching down the the lane side of the hedge behind him. It wasn't until a dozen or so long seconds later that he finally recognised the noise. It didn't sound like snuffling now, but increasingly loud breathing as it slowly approached. It was the identical deep, heavy breathing he had heard at Colwick Heights with the first invisible breather incident two years earlier. His senses were now fully alert. As it passed him by on the other side of the hedge, the deep, heavy, noisy breathing sound was once more overwhelming. it It had been as if it stood at the back of the van making that breathing noise, but this time there was no van to shelter in and no other investigators to help. His reflexes and mind were in turmoil as whatever he could do, he couldn't decide whether to stay or to flee. He stood quietly as he heard the invisible breather slowly making its way down the narrow lane towards a field's open entrance, the breathing noise getting less loud. And it was then when the breathing noise was half 
as loud as it had been. They heard the horses playing up. They began neighing and snorting and stamping the ground, heavily with their hooves. After a dozen long seconds or so, he heard them turn as one and race pell-mell into the distance across the field. They were snorting and neighing loudly, their hooves thudding as they went. His resolve to stay vanished in an instant, and there have also been another strange set of events that have been reported in around the area by a local man, who also saw a very strange figure. And a number of visits, he's experienced eye shine and something watching him from the bushes. But I will bring you that account very soon, as it deserves a um, a podcast of its own, I think. So many people have experienced the same kind of events. Just heavy, invisible breathers or creatures unknown with horns on their heads that stand on two legs as a human would. One case in the northeast Ohio, told by a witness who stated that he was at his cousin's house playing hide-and-seek outside one day when he was 14 years old, when he encountered a truly impossible creature. It was around dusk and the cousins were playing near a wooded creek. When it was the witness's turn to search, he started to search around a small woodland and as he did, he heard the sounds of leaves crackling underfoot. He turned to look, expecting to see his cousin sneaking up on him. But instead, he saw a deer through the brush that appeared to be standing oddly up on its hind legs. Unusual for a deer, as the events unfolded, it would prove to be even stranger than just an upright deer. The witness stated, It was getting dark and I was the one searching. I heard the leaves crumpling and when I turned to look, I saw what looked like a deer standing tall on its hind legs. I clearly remember seeing dog-shaped legs when it was running, but the rest of its body was straight up, and it ran with incredible speed. And I knew it wasn't either of my cousins hiding. I ran as fast as I could back to the house, and one of my cousins was running in too, because he'd seen the same thing. It still creeps me out to this day, because my uncle told us how he saw weird things on that property. Now, there's a report up on Olcombe Mall. It's never been made um, public. And it's from a gentleman who was in the army. And he said that they were on manoeuvres. And they heard on the place that they were hiding in the sound of hooves up on the roof. Um, And when they got the courage up to burst open the door to see what it was, there wasn't anything there. Fortunately, um, but it was a terrifying event and he remembered it even to this day. Now, a sighting of something similar or a similar creature that appears to have also had the ability of shape shifting was made in the state of Delaware in 1993. The witness explained that he was around eight years old at the time of his sighting and he'd been staying with his family at his grandparents' house in a rural forested area near the town of Hawkinson. One morning, he says he woke to a clear day and the sun was shining in through the window and he also saw the surreal sight of the silhouette of a deer with a huge rack of antlers just standing outside his room. Things would get more bizarre. He said it was right there, like its body was almost pressed against the window in profile and I stared at it in awe. And that's when it changed. In one smooth movement, it reared up onto its hind legs 
and it was no longer a deer, but a man. There were only two men in the area, my grandfather and my dad, and it was clearly neither of them, and I'm not sure if that made it better or worse. My grandfather was very built for his age, and my dad had a bit of a gut on him. This silhouette was clearly much younger and more muscular. It exuded strength and scared the hell out of me. It stared to the side for a moment and then it strode off with purpose. Looking back, I want to tell myself it was just my imagination. I just woke up, I was a child, but I remember the awe and the utter fear. I felt that that day changed into a man in front of me. It shape-shifted from animal to human. Now, another gentleman in Wichita, Kyle Haying, reported that he was out in the Wichita Mountains National Wildlife Refuge one night in 2012. And he was out in order to take photographs of the night sky and he was out with his friend. On this evening, at around 10pm, the usual sounds of the forest suddenly became muted and everything went quiet. All the local wildlife started to display some decidedly bizarre and uncharacteristic behaviour. First some elks came running by and then a herd of bison, which all came uncomfortably close before hurrying off, he said. And it seemed almost as if these animals were trying to get away from something scaring them out in the dark forest beyond. This was enough to spook the two men into packing up their stuff and calling it a night. And as they did, they allegedly felt a strange change in the air pressure and all of the sounds of the woods just stopped and everything went silent. The two unsettled men then heard something rustling out there on the tall grass and it seemed like whatever it was, it was coming towards them. Kyle and his friend had then picked up some rifles that they had with them, wary of what was apparently approaching. They started the car and began to drive off when they saw something step out in front of the vehicle that they would never forget. Standing there was a creature which Kyle described as having a head like an elk, but which stood upright on two human legs and it had two human arms and dark red eyes. And as they passed this creature, it lurched forward to hit the car and Kyle floored it away as fast as the vehicle would go until they were about three miles away. We were scared witless. We heard one ear-piercing screech scream, almost a hunting screech of some sort that made my hair stand on end and it gave me goosebumps. With that, we left the mountains completely. We felt as though we were not wanted there that night. The way the wildlife acted, the figure that we came across, I presume is what the animals had run from. I cannot forget that figure that we saw, as well as the scream that we heard. It was not human, but it was not of any wildlife that I am familiar with from out there. In the US, these shape-shifting creatures that are half men, half deer are sometimes described as Wendigo. Now, the Wendigo was said to be many times larger than a human being and was associated with the cold and hunger of the winter months. It was the Algonquin-speaking Indians of the northeastern United States and Canada who preserved the tradition of the Wendigo, 
including the Ojibwe and the Cree. Now, this creature would devour the flesh of living creatures, including humans, that were unfortunate enough to run into the woodland horror. Not only seen as male, there are cases of the Serian hind, described by witnesses as part deer and part human female, either in a centre-like way, or more like a fawn or a selena. And selena are basically like fawns and satyrs, only they're part man, part horse, and the others are part man, part goat. Depending on the country the encounter is in, the name can change. But the description kind of remains the same. In Siberia, the deer-headed men there were said to lust after puma females and would set out to bed them like jackrabbits. In the United Kingdom, there's a long history of deer-headed men, known sometimes as the horned ones. These creatures are woven into our history and handed down the generations. The tales still come into this day. Early Brits would dress as these stackade men. We held ceremonies and feast days in their honour. And we also feared them. And many of the modern evil deities are often depicted with horns or cloven hooves. Now a report sent to the blog Phantom and Monsters features a very modern account from Gloucestershire in the UK where the witness states... I don't even know how to explain this, but I'm not the sort to believe in ghosts or devils or demons or cryptids or anything like that. But this recent experience has changed my mind drastically. I live in the United Kingdom and I live in the countryside on a moderately busy lane and have lots of farm and fields behind my house. Just a short walk away up the road, there's a hill. And there's not much more to do here, so on some nights, myself and my friends go up to a lookout spot that looks down on the Severn Bridge and the River Severn. One night we were sat up at the top for a good hour before we decided to go home as it was around 2am. My friends lived closer to town, so I decided to walk the fieldways. I didn't want to walk down the long road on my own after my mates turned off and headed to town. So we chatted as we walked together and then I set off using a shorter route that goes across the fields. You have to walk through a little forest for around only one or two minutes and it was pitch black in amongst the trees. But the moon was shining bright and there was lots of stars in the sky. And as I said before, I don't get scared easily, so I wasn't that bothered about being alone. I got around two-thirds through the forest when I started to hear sticks cracking to my left as if something heavy was walking just out of view. I just glanced over and presumed it was a fox or a badger. I couldn't see anything, so I just get towards the gate that leads into the fields that then lead to my house. I close the gate and I start to walk, and that's when I heard something. I'll never forget. It sounded like a Minecraft creeper, but a lot more deeper sounding and much bigger. I turn around to see what it was, and on the path I can see this thing. It's not something I've seen before, and it's around six feet tall. It was skinny, with a head shaped like a dog, and it had two horns on its head. I thought my eyes were playing tricks on me, so I just stood there watching it, hoping it was going to vanish. Well, to my surprise, after around five seconds or so, he started to very slowly walk closer and closer in my direction, until it got to the gate, and it just stood there. It was like it didn't know what to do, 
just stand there. I was sweating. I had red vision. I thought I was going to have an anxiety attack. I slowly walked across the field, trying to figure out what the, that was. I looked back about halfway across the field, and it was gone. I was in the last field from my house, and my house was in view. I knew all I had to do was jump over my fence, and I was in the garden. I got to my fence and hopped over. I felt safe and secure. I was walking across the garden to get to that door, and behind me, the security light came on. Now, this light only comes on if it detects motion, or if it's, like, really windy and a branch of the tree sways in front of it. It wasn't windy, nor did I walk past it. All of a sudden, I had this fear of getting snatched. So I clicked and ran to my back door. I open it, I run in and run up to my attic bedroom. My skylight window looks out over my drive where the light came on. And I stood on my bed and looked out of the window. And that's when I saw this werewolf-looking thing with horns. It was stood there, sniffing around the cars. It wasn't a dog, it wasn't small enough to be a badger or a fox and it wasn't a cow or anything like that, it was unmistakable. It looked like a werewolf and it had horns and it was sniffing around the car in the bins. I got into bed and just watched movies till the sun came up and then I slept when it was daylight. Ever since then, I never look out my window at night and I never walk through those fields. I honestly don't know what this thing was. But it scared the out of me. I won't go out in my garden past 11pm now. The eyewitness included in this follow-up. This was last weekend, Friday the night, December the 7th, 2018. A really cold night, and that's why we only stayed for an hour on the peak. The thing standing by the cars was definitely not a man in a mask. And it didn't have small horns, it looked like horns that had a few horns coming off it, like a stag would have, and I think he's describing antlers. I don't know what it was, but I definitely don't want to see or be in view of it again. Now, the witness stated that the horned werewolf, as he called it, sniffed around the area and particularly around the bins and the car. Now, there are two reports in the UK where a huge dog-like creature is seen around rubbish bins and on both occasions it was sniffing around the bin itself. In the first report that came in, it came in from the northwest of England, and the creature is seen on two legs going through a rubbish bin, looking for what the witnesses presume was food. It sniffed the contents of the large bin, then it sniffed around the bin before loping off into the night. And in the northeast of the UK, in a Yorkshire town, a witness reported a large black canine creature it was far too big to be a dog, sniffling around the bins on the streets very early one morning. Something to know is that both of these encounters happened in the early hours and in areas with a high number of dogman accounts. Creatures described by some locals as bigger than a pony and thickly muscled and in one case were seen attacking and eating a family pet before bounding over the wall and setting off across the fields. And there's also a report made by a serving officer of the Yorkshire Police who encountered a strange beast when she was guarding a crime scene with a male colleague. The potential crime scene was in fact the body of a man who was found half-eaten in his tent. 
The man had been missing for a few years and he'd been living rough, apparently. And it was assumed to be natural predation that was found on the body. Now, the officer said that on this night, her and her fellow officers were spread around the scene, each position not too far from the other. They were all in position when she turned around to see a dark shape of something standing right behind her. She said she caught a glimpse of its eyes and it was up to her stomach mid-chest area. She sort of screaming and by the time she got a torch out, whatever it was had run off. Her colleague stated when the PC started screaming, it sounded like a real banshee scream was how he put it. He ran to her as soon as she started to scream and she was also the officer standing closest to the crime scene tent. So why are people reporting or experiencing these events? As we touched on earlier, many people have a lifetime of these strange experiences. Some would describe these events as attachments. I myself wonder how many other disturbing events I'll go through in my lifetime. No matter how much you try to avoid them or distance yourself from them, they still happen and the fear lingers and it lingers that there'll be another event. So here at BBR, as we take the reports, we have seen the amount of sighting reports increasing in volume and at an extraordinary level. The creatures are being seen more often. They seem to be less and less elusive in nature. They seem to be coming closer and closer into towns and in many cases around and into people's homes. Some encounters are from afar and they leave people with just confusion and disbelief. Yet others are terrifying. Many of the witnesses stating it felt like the creature was feeding off their fear. That's something I've heard a lot of lately. Or that the creature seemed to be enjoying scaring with them. It was playing with them somehow. With the stories of missing people worldwide also climbing, it does raise the question or questions. What are they? And what are their intentions? What are your thoughts? Let me know in the comments below. So until next time, everybody keep safe out there and remember to be kind and just dig in deep and just let's get through this terrible time. Um, everyone's fine here at uh, Woodroos headquarters and I hope everybody out there is fine too. So as I say, thinking about you all, stay safe everybody. Good night. Leftovers or the DMV or house cleaning or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. We're prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.